it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for one final time this year for Hot Takes with TP3. You're, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by Ben Gorwitz for the final time this year. Ben, say what's up to everybody. Yeah, one last ride, everyone. Been hey, a it's... real fun ride all year long. Oh, for sure. Me and Ben gave y'all profiting bets this year. Um, betting on our uh, college football and NFL. Um, I guess we still need a recap. The last week we did the podcast. We took last week off because it was Christmas week. Um, so with further, with no further um, hold up, let's go ahead and go here to how we did conference championship week. Um, first game was Ohio State Northwestern. Um, I locked in Ohio State minus twenty and lost. Ben did not play anything. Iowa State Oklahoma. We didn't play anything. I had Oklahoma in a teaser. Um, Notre Dame and Clemson, we both played Notre Dame with the points. Ben played the over. That was a, both losers for us. Um, Alabama and Florida, Ben lost on Alabama. I hit the first half on Florida. I mean, on uh, Alabama, lost the full game on Alabama. Um, so we did not do particularly well in that p- part. But NFL, we did a lot better. We had Patriots and Dolphins under 40, 41. Both won that. Um, I had the Patriots plus one and a half and lost. Then we both pushed Kansas City minus three against the Saints. Um, we both had, um, or Ben took the Browns minus six and a half and won. I also took the Browns minus six and a half and the under and won both those. And then I had Washington football team plus six and a half against Seattle and won. So not our best week, but we finished the season profitable, which is all that matters. Pretty fun season overall. Um, pretty excited guys to watch these final bowl games play out where I don't do any betting in NFL week 17. Maybe at the end, if we have some NFL week 17 thoughts, we can kind of share those real quick, but without any more delay, let's get into these games here. Um, it, tomorrow, Thursday, December 31st, um, we already broke down the games for today. I had a max bet on Oklahoma minus three. Ben play also played Oklahoma minus three and a half. Um, it's all the way up to seven. So I don't really know what to do anymore with that one, but Let's start things out here at noon tomorrow with Tulsa and Mississippi State. Um, this game is called the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. They're being played in Fort Worth, Texas, a site for a good bit of these bowl games. Tulsa's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under set at 45. Uh, you got anything on this one, Ben? I don't. This is a gross game for me. I probably won't even watch it. But, uh, listen, Tulsa's definitely the better team here. Mississippi State's struggled all year long. A lot of opt-outs, just – a lot of change, a lot of turnover for Mike Leach. Um, definitely not the roster he wants to be coaching. So um, Tulsa should be favored, and they are favored. But uh, I know you have a play on this game. Yeah, um, Ben hit the nail on the head. Lots of guys out for Mississippi State. I mean, at one point in time, they're struggling to have enough guys to play. Um, at the end of the day, though, I'm going to go with the under here. I'm not really going to touch a side. I would just like Ben would lean towards Tulsa minus one and a half. It, they came down from a three point favorite. I don't feel it's particularly great about playing anything, just because I feel like that. Tulsa is, I mean, obviously they're not going to have the same recruits they are, but I think they're a much better team. They went 6-1 and one ATS this season, so that's a little something to note there. But <clears throat> I think the under is a pretty obvious play here. It's going to be pouring down rain at 16-mile-per-hour crosswinds. Um, Tulsa's defense is really, really good. They I mean, they're ranked inside the top 50 in pass and run stopping, um, 34th in scoring. Mississippi State is a really good defense as well, 24th against the run. So Tulsa is going to be trying to run the ball in this um, rain. It's not going to happen. Tulsa is a really stacked up defense. They also might be without their starting running back. So ultimately, I'm going to hit the under on this game. Should be a nice little sweat, you know, to get everybody nice and woken up for night for a nice night out on New Year's. 
Um, next game though starts at 2 p.m. and that is going to be Ball State, the who are the uh, MAC champions taking on San Diego State or San Jose State, the champions of the Mountain West, and this is called the offer paid Arizona Bowl. The spread is nine and a half point uh, San Diego or San Jose State favorite over on 60. San Jose is ranked 22nd. You paying anything here? Bill? Only thing I know about these games, other than they both won their conference uh, um, championships respectively, is San Jose's tor- quarterback is Nick Starkle, who's former Texas A&M quarterback. Uh, that's mm-hmm. basically the only thing I know in this game. I-, I do not have a play on this game. Yeah, so I'm like Ben. I think nine and a half is way too much of a tax to pay on San Jose State. But here's the number one reason why I can't. The MAC always underperforms in bowl games, but on top of that, San Jose State is the number 20 passing offense versus number 121 passing defense in Ball State. Pretty much what that means, if you're ranked outside of the top 115, even if you're ranked in the hundreds in any stat in college football, that means you're pretty damn bad at it, and that's a nice way of putting it. I think San Jose State should be able to throw the ball all over them. Um, it's played in Arizona Stadium, which is the Cardinal Stadium, so I don't really think weather or anything comes into factor here. I'm personally not going to touch this game. It's kind of a weird start time also for San Jose State. It was going to be playing at 11 o'clock, which would be local time for them, obviously being from California. So I would lean though them in the points, but to, I don't, I'm not playing anything in this game. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't even think I've watched you three teams play a game this season. Have you been? Nah, no. Uh, I watched a li- I watched a little bit of the Ball State Conference Championship because they played Buffalo. Okay, yeah, I think I might have maybe watched a little Ball State on one night, but nothing that I can really remember. Um, next game up though, here is one that I'm actually looking to play on. It's the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. This game's gonna be on at 4 p.m. West Virginia takes on Army, who finally landed a bowl game after the original one got canceled. It's a nine and two Army team. It's a five and four West Virginia team. West Virginia is minus six and a half over under set at 41. I'll start us off on this one, so. West Virginia, to me, is an underrated team. Yes, I know I kind of died on that hill one time within this season when that they got absolutely smacked in their um, matchup with I- with Iowa State, but that was kind of a weird game just because they hadn't played in a couple of weeks. I think West Virginia bounces back here. They're really good against the run. They have a great defense. I think they can come in here and stuff Army. Army probably not going to play that well in this bowl game. Whether it could potentially be raining, which would maybe make me look towards the year, but Ultimately, West Virginia is so much better than this Army team. I think West Virginia in the next season. This season, they had a bunch of games canceled for COVID at the end. I think this is a pretty good bounce back spot for West Virginia to come in here and hammer Army. I really don't think Army's that good, and I don't think they can play playing a team this much better than them. It's gonna be a no play for me. I I cannot put any confidence or money on West Virginia after what after what I've seen from them this year. I haven't watched a ton of their games, but they haven't really beaten anyone this year. That- makes me think that they are that good. I mean, they have wins. I mean, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, and TCU are their only wins. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. I think – I do think Army will come to play in this game. I think um, part of their attitude is like, hey, we thought we were disrespected. We fought our way to a bowl game. We want to show why we thought we deserved to be in a bowl game. I mean, for crying out loud, they won nine games this year. I know they, they don't play the same type of schedule, but nine wins is nine wins. So, um uh, it's gonna be a no play for me. Yeah, the only two like impressive teams that they played this season was BYU got postponed, but I mean they lost twenty four ten to Cincinnati, not horrible. And then Tulane though beat them thirty eight to twelve. Tulane though is a pretty explosive offense. I could see them not being able to handle that one, but I'm gonna lay it with West Virginia. I think it's a good spot for them. Um, now let's shift gears to Friday. This is when the real bowl games start. Um, down here in my city, Atlanta, Georgia, in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we have the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl with number nine Georgia facing off against number eight Cincinnati. 
Over-under sit at 50.5. Georgia, seven-point favorite. Um, ben, are you pl- touching anything on this one? This is such a lose-lose opportunity for the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, it's the same thing as – basically the same thing as last year. Not the exact same thing, but it's they played Texas last year. Texas had a quarterback in Sam Ellinger that cares every single time he steps on the uh, football field. Georgia had a lot of opt-outs. Georgia has a lot of opt-outs in this game. Um, there's some guys that like opted out but are now saying they, they play, but I don't think they're going to play. So uh, this is a lose-lose situation for Georgia. I would uh, – let's see. What, I have the over-under at 50 and a half. What did you have it at? Same thing. Same thing? Yeah. Honestly, I would – I'm going to take – I'm. I mean, listen. This is. It's a tough situation. I think the easy play, uh, when you look at the Georgia opt-out, to be since he's plus six and a half. But I don't want to fall into that trap. So I'm just going to take the under in this game. Um, I actually, no, I'm not. Because, no, no, I'm not. Because George Pickens is playing because he can't go to the draft yet. JT is still playing. So uh, give me. I'll fall into the trap. Give me since he plus six and a half. Ben, I'm going to have to go opposite of you on this one. First off, I want to say this. Me and Ben pegged Georgia perfectly. We said they fell in love with the stupid story of Stetson Bennett and ended up costing him big this season. Ever since JT Daniels has come in there, this Georgia offense has been complete. This is the most dynamic and best Georgia offense I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Um, Look, I think it's going to be more of the same. Cincinnati... I mean, who the hell have they beaten? They haven't faced any real explosive offenses. I mean, UCF wasn't even that good, and they, UCF hung with them 36-30. That's the most explosive offense, so they played better. But Georgia's actually had five guys opt back in, like you said, including Richard LeCount, who looks like he's going to play. I think regardless if they play or not, I feel like that Florida is the SEC letdown team. Georgia's not here. I feel like Georgia wants to roll over next season with some momentum, kind of like they did last against Baylor. I just really don't think Cincinnati has the explosive offense here. I would sit here and, and recite stats to y'all like I usually do, but Cincinnati's stats are going to be kind of – and Georgia's stats will be kind of skewed because they had JT Daniels. Cincinnati didn't play against quite as good opponents here, and they're stepping up in a class. I really don't think Cincinnati's going to be ready for it. I think Georgia's honestly going to come in here and smack them down. We've seen Georgia get embarrassed in the past in bowl games like this. I think this is a pride game here for them. Well, this is an opportunity for Cincinnati to actually step up and – uh, speaking of their defense, and there's a lot of analysts, Herb Street and uh, Joey Galloway, have been saying that this defense can compete with really any other defense in the country. Well, they're going to get their opportunity here. Yeah, see, I feel like it's more like when th- it's it's. I feel like it's like when the narrative isn't going for a team like Cincinnati. Like UCF didn't have that narrative when they upset Auburn. You know what I mean? Like I feel like this whole Cincinnati narrative. I feel like Georgia's like f this man. Let's just whoop their ass and let's carry everything over to next season. So. I'm like the dogs here to roll. We'll see what happens. It'll be a fun one to watch for sure. Um, 1 p.m., Auburn takes off Northwestern in the Verbo Citrus Bowl. Um, this game being played in Camping Stadium in Orlando, Florida. The line is set at 3.5, over-under set at 43.5. Um, Northwestern's ranked 14th, Auburn unranked at 6-4. and four. Anything from you on this one, Ben? Yep, give me the Wildcats. Um, listen, it's another team that's defense has really stepped up almost all season long. I don't think Bo Nix is very tough to stop. Uh, when you claim and have pride that you're a great defense, it's really times like this you need to show it up. Uh, Tank Bigsby, the running back for Auburn, is questionable. Um, has Seth Williams, is he playing? Is he opting out? What's going on with him? That's still up in the air. I know, I know I saw earlier today yeah. that one of the wide receivers had already opted out. Anthony, Schwar- Anthony Schwartz opted out. Really think He's like the lead guy. Really don't have that big of a deal. Uh, I'm going to take Northwestern here. I-, I think this is a school that, 
absolutely comes to play every time they step on the field. Uh, I think even though they're going to see themselves as the favorite in this game, I think they'll come out wanting to prove something as if they're playing the underdog because they want to prove that they can hang with SEC teams. Um, and I don't think Auburn is as good as they usually are. I don't think Bo Nix is that tough to stop. So uh, this is going to be a big game for Bo Nix because even though Cody will be a notch in a boxer, Bo Nix is coach. Um, I really don't think Bo Nix has much in his back pocket that he can prove, and I think Northwestern's got a good defense. Give me three and a half. Um, Ben, you're going to get ingredients from me on this one. I actually think it's kind of funny you brought up the fact that Brian Harson. I actually bet you that they'll bring Brian Harson in on the broadcast. You know how they always do. They'll phone him in or something, get him on there for a couple series to say, say some stuff. But, yeah, Ben hit the nail on the head. This Northwestern defense is a nasty unit. I mean, they even slowed down Ohio State. Uh, they're seventh in total scoring defense, 14th in passing, 56th in rushing. Um, Auburn offense, you know, they not, don't run the ball very well. They're also 12th in YPP, so they're not allowing the big play. Only thing that scares me is I see a laundry list of injuries on here for undisclosed for Northwestern's team. I want to double check that before I lock in officially the three and a half, but I'm the same thing as you here, Ben. I think Northwestern really comes to play. This is a big game for them in this program. Six and two season. I mean, Auburn is nothing to play for. Pretty much everybody's out the door at this point for Auburn. I don't think they're going to take much pride in this one. As long as Northwestern has most of these guys in, I'm going to see myself taking Northwestern with the points here. I mean, or eating the points with Northwestern here at three and a half. I think they can cut. It's a good spot for them to cover. Finally, we're just going to keep going in order. I would say we should hold off and do the other bowl games, but let's go ahead and do it, man. First game at 4 p.m., number four Notre Dame takes on the Alabama Crimson Tide in Arlington Stadium, Texas. Um, it's the Rose Bowl game, first time being played away from uh, California since I believe it was like 1970 because of the war. That was why I actually heard that on ESPN this morning. Fun fact for y'all. But Alabama is a 19.5 point favorite. Over under set at 65.5. Ben, since you're the Bama guy, I'm going to go ahead and say my share first before we let you get into it. Look, I, I, I'm going to go with the same bet we've been riding all season long. My second max play full season. Me, I think 11 first half. It's a great spot for Bama to cover the spread. Um, the, the under has actually hit in all, every single Alabama Final Four game they've played in, I think, except for one. So I like this stick to the same narrative there of an under, but I actually think Notre Dame can cover this spread at twenty at nineteen and a half. I'm not saying it because I don't think Alabama's that good or Alabama will go to sleep or something like that. First off, teams that are that are uh, fifteen or more point underdogs in the Final Four, as in just the first two games, have covered the spread every single time except for Oklahoma against LSU. And that was the only exception to that, but. I feel like Notre Dame knows they can't come out here and beat Alabama. They know they're being disrespected a little bit by this line and how they got their ass whooped last week with everybody saying they shouldn't be here. I think Notre Dame just comes out here on a pride thing, ends up losing the game by 17 to 14 points. I think they play the game more to cover the spread than to actually win the game straight up. Therefore, I think Notre Dame is going to be able to cover this one. I think Ian Book's going to be running around in garbage time trying to do a lot of stuff. Alabama's the much better team here. I expect them to go up early in the first half and handle business and run the ball and just kind of chill in the second half. Um... Ben, you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm going back to the old well. Um, actually, on FanDuel, it's first half spread 10.5, so I'm going to take the 10.5 uh, on the first half. Um, I'm also – the first quarter spread is not out yet, but I'll look into that uh, when that one comes out. So Alabama's got a lot of success in um, AT&T Stadium. They're 4-0 to be exact. In 2012, uh, right around the time the stadium opened – Alabama beat Denard Robinson in Michigan. Uh, they then, in 2015, played twice. They started the season against Wisconsin, 
uh, with the victory, and then they also played in 2015 Michigan State in the in the uh, second year of the college football playoff. They uh, shut out Michigan State there, and then in 2016 uh, to open the year, um, they beat USC. And fun fact, that was actually Jalen Hurts' debut as a Crimson Tide. He's a true freshman, did not start the game. Uh, Blake Barnett started the game, looked awful. Jalen came in immediately through a deep ball, and the rest is history. Became now been the legend from there. So Nick Saban and 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 uh, I'm not going to uh, get screwed on Florida. Um, so I'm not going to take a number that high. But I'm going to take first quarter and first half all of that night. Listen, I, I'm expecting the tide to just keep on here. Um, I, it's too many weapons. Too many weapons. Uh, the only thing I'm really concerned about, kind of, is um, I think Notre Dame's got a big advantage in the size in terms of the tight ends and receivers on Alabama's corners. Um, so I think that if you know some 50-50 balls, if Ian Book just kind of has to chuck some up, if he tosses them kind of high enough, I do think they could win some of those matchups. I just don't think it'll be enough to really keep this close. Um, not saying Alabama covers, but I do think the tide rolls again. Hey, I like everything you said there, Ben. I, I think it's the same thing, like you said, with that Florida game. I think they'll be able to hang around a little bit and cover the spread, keep it a little bit competitive, kind of like Oklahoma did a couple of years ago with Kyler Murray. So it'll be a fun one to get things started, but – I think the better game is going to be the night game that comes on at 8 p.m. Played in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. That's the home of the, the home of the team that I won't sub. Um, the total set in this game is 66.5 um, plus 7 for Ohio State being the underdog over a touchdown. Ben, are you buying Ohio State as the underdog here? Well, I mean, they should be the underdog. Um, I don't love that they're an underdog by – let me see what it is on FanDuel just real quick, see if it's any different. Um it's seven and a half it it's seven and a half on FanDuel as well so listen I I don't love that number but I still think I'm gonna take Clemson seven and a half I mean I, I really don't think this year's Ohio State team is better than the last year in really all phases of the game um I do not think uh oh thanks for liking my tweet by the way um, I do not think Ohio State's offense is as lethal. Uh, now, they should be getting their receivers back, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Um, yeah, they should. I mean, they still have a ton of people like on this on this uh, injury report, but that's just because of COVID. I think pretty much all of them that were supposed to be cleared. Yeah, so I'm going to wait. Um, I think that number comes inside the seven, then I would definitely be taking Clemson big time. Um, I don't love the number at seven and a half, but at the end of the day, I have a lot more faith in Dab. Listen, in uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I do want to say this about Dabo. I mean, that dude that just doesn't shut his mouth. He is fueling the fire. If I'm Ohio State, I put every one of the quote, every one of these quotes he's had in the last week on a bulletin board, and put a picture of Dabo and just have everyone punch it or something. I mean, he really, his team really needs to back his their coach up because. He hasn't shut up about anything um, in regards to his kind of disrespect to Ohio State. So I, I just don't think Ohio State can do enough. Um, I think – I mean, listen, Clemson's secondary is good. It may, It's not as strong as they have been in past years. And I think Ohio State does have some weapons on the outside. But in the running game, this is going to sound weird because Ohio State's run the ball pretty well recently, but they're not as good as how they were with J.K. Dobbins. 
running the football. Justin Fields has not looked as good as uh, this year as he has last year. Um, I think what's bothered Ohio State in the two games that they actually played decent defenses, Indiana and Northwestern, they were able to get mm-hmm. pressure. Clemson is very, very good at getting pressure. I say this every year when it comes to playoff time. Brent Venables is one of the smartest defensive coordinators in the um, in the entire country. Schemes blitzes very, very well, brings it from all directions. Uh, I, I think Clemson wins this game um, pretty handily. So I'm not going to take the 7.5 right now. If it closes at 7.5, I'll take it at 7.5. I just want to see if I can get a better number when some of these Ohio State guys get off the COVID list. But I will be taking Clemson to cover. See, I have the exact same thought process as you've been. I'm going to take Clemson to cover. I'm hoping we can get a good number inside of that seven and a half, at least a seven, just so we can push on the full number. But safety Nolan Turner is suspended for the first half against Ohio State for targeting. Ohio State's undefeated against the spread in the first half, except for that Northwestern game. So that was their only non-cover against the spread in the first half. Therefore, I'm going to lay off a first-half Clemson play. I think kind of what you said, Ohio State's going to come out pissed off and with energy. I think in the second half, Clemson turns it up a notch on them and takes over and wins this football game pretty handily. Like you said, you know, Justin Fields is one of the lowest ratings in the nation against the against the Blitz. He does not play well at all against it. Clemson's going to be able to get to him inside. Um, so let's come stats for y'all. Ohio State's fifth in rush yards. Clemson's number 12 in the nation against the run. Besides, they're not playing against these against these shitty Big tw- Big Ten teams they face week in and week out. I mean, Wisconsin wouldn't have beaten Wake Forest today if it weren't for four interceptions on four straight drives in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were getting outgained the whole second half and pretty much the whole game. Um, with all that being said, I think the Big Ten is an extremely overrated conference. I think Clemson and Ohio State or in, uh, Alabama are in a class of their own. And I think Clemson comes out here and proves it. Like you said, Dabo's setting the tone for this game, man. It was a close game last year. He wants to come out here and whoop their ass out the gates. I just don't want to play anything in the first half because Turner won't be out there. He also leads this Clemson team in interceptions. I think Clemson gets it rolling, though, in the second half and ends up sending Ohio State packing. Um, I, mean, I think it's going to be the a, more competitive a couple- game of the two as well. Yeah, I definitely think it'll be the more competitive game. And here's a couple of things that just kind of popped in my mind. Um, I mean, I get it. You know, it's a great stat. You said that Ohio State's fifth in rushing, or was it fifth, I think you said? Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a little skewed because of who they've played in the Big Ten. Um, yeah. I, I think Clemson plays with a lot. I mean, Clemson's got a lot more talent than those teams. They also play with a lot of pride. Um, it's really hard to run on Clemson and Alabama. Not very many teams are successful at it, but – I'm very curious to see what Trey Sermon can do. He's coming off a record-setting performance in the Big Ten. I think 320-plus rushing yards, I believe he yeah. had. So, I mean, he's definitely a stud. I mean, if people don't remember him, he's the transfer from Oklahoma. He played at yeah. Oklahoma the past couple of years. So, he's definitely a stud, and Master Teague is just fine. I, I just don't think – or I think it's a lot harder to run on Clemson than any other team. Even though Northwestern had the number one score defense, they have a good defense. They don't have the talent necessarily that Clemson will have up front to close those gaps. Also, another um, stat or fact, and you know you can take this as you will because Ohio State's had a couple of different coaches, uh, you know Ryan Day and Urban Meyer, but Dabo Sweeney's never or Clemson, not just Dabo Sweeney, Clemson has never lost to Ohio State. Wow. So we know who the better team is. Um, it's definitely Clemson. So I think as long as they can get pressure on Justin Fields, I don't think he miraculously gets better against the Blitz in this one game. But, you know, as an Alabama fan, I'm rooting for Ohio State, but my money's going to be on Clemson. 
Hey, that's what I'm saying. By the way, last stat for y'all here. Ohio State defense is 106 against the pass. Clemson offense is 7th. But we all know that Ohio State was whooping everybody's ass. I mean, they were just backing off, letting teams kind of score, you know, and go down the field. Not as necessary to score, but they were letting them throw it underneath, you know. So I think that is a little skewed, but still. I think Clemson might this be is a, it's, it's a This is more of a gut-feeling pick than it is by looking at any stats or trends. I would say that, but also, too, I just feel like, I mean – Clemson looked so impressive against Notre Dame last game out. Ohio State, I mean, who have the thing is with Ohio State, like, we really don't know what they're made of. They haven't played anybody, and they've only played six games, you know. So I feel like we really don't even know what we're getting with Ohio State. But just based, like you said, just based off gut feeling of what we've seen, our eye test and everything, I mean, the stats point to Clemson, I think, decently for us. But also, too, with, like, everything we've seen, I feel like Clemson's the obvious, is, has to be the play here. And it's, and it's a battle of probably – the unanimous number one pick in Trevor Lawrence and um, who knows where Justin Fields is going to go. He's probably going to be the second or third quarterback taken. Um, I still see him being the second. I think he'll be better in the NFL than he has shown this year. I really do. Um, I think if you really, I think NFL people, scouts, um, GMs will go back to the film, what he showed. um, um, Who'd they play on blanking who'd they play in the semifinal last year uh, oh oh they played clemson in the semifinal last year clemson i thought he battled who am i thinking of uh oh maybe i'm thinking of trevor lawrence and joe burrow in the national championship but if you go back and, and uh look at the games where justin fields goes against another star quarterback he, he does show up in those games um i know that his team doesn't always win but you know he, he can ball with the best of the guys and i know that his season May not be as great, but still a phenomenal talent. I mean, big body, can really throw to all areas of the field. He can make any throw in the field. I think his decision-making just needs to improve just a little bit, Mm -hmm. and that's where Trevor Lawrence definitely beats him out. But um, both of these quarterbacks can run the football and are willing to run the football. They both are willing to put their body on the line. You've seen in – Past years with Trevor Lawrence, as the season gets closer and closer to the playoff time and national championship, Trevor Lawrence does run a little bit more, and he uh, had some success running against Notre Dame. So that's it's a uh, you got to keep the pocket to one, but you can't let him get out of the pocket. Hey, I like everything you said there, Ben. It's gonna be a fun game to watch for sure. Um, made sure to go in depth on those matchups for y'all since those are really the only games that matter, but. Good thing is, guys, after you watch all those games Saturday morning, you'll wake up for a final college football Saturday of the entire season. And I know y'all can't see if there's a few tears rolling down my eyes that we have to kiss it goodbye. <laughs> but we're going to have NC State taking on Kentucky, number 23 NC State in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Um, this one has Kentucky's a two-and-a-half-point favorite over-under set at 50. Um, this game's at 12 p.m. on ESPN. I'm going to start off with this one. Wrong team's favorite, Ben. I mean, NC State should be the favorite here. They're the better team. This is a good NC State offense. They rank um, 36th in the nation in pass yards. This is an NC State team that got better as the season went on. Yeah, they kind of played to their competition's level, but I expect them to show up here. Bailey Hawkman in this career kind of got something to prove, especially Hawkman does, because Devin Leary's been out for the season with a fibula injury, and he's clearly better than Hawkman. Hawkman's playing for that starting job, man. He wants to be the starting QB. He doesn't have a chance at going to the NFL right now. I think NC State rolls Kentucky, and this is a Kentucky offense that's not that great either. They rank 105th in total score, 121 in pass yards, and I mean – I know they're a defensive team. I look at their defense. These defensive numbers are not even impressive. They don't rank inside the top 50 at anything. Yeah, I actually kind of want to take the under in this game. Um, okay. I What I've seen, I'm not going to. Don't put that in as official play for me. 
It's just kind of what I'm leaning. Uh, I'm not going to take that, but I'll say why. Um, the three, I think I've watched three Kentucky games this year. Uh, I've watched two with Joey Gatewood, and um, they can't move the football. Kentucky really struggles to move yeah. the football. I know that NC State's defense isn't necessarily great, um, you know, because I watched like the Georgia Kentucky game, but and I think Alabama played Kentucky, and those are not great examples because NC State doesn't have that, but. They really struggle to move the football kind of all year, to, uh, to be honest with you. And NC State, Bailey Hoffman's got a turnover problem. In games that I've seen him play, he doesn't mind taking a risk and forces it. So I definitely agree with you that NC State, the wrong team is favored. I, I think NC State should be favored. Um, so I think the smartest play to take in this game would be the plus um, two and a half, like I see on FanDuel. But I really don't hate the under. I mean, I, I, I think – since Mark Stoops has been at Kentucky, their defense has been pretty good. Uh, they've put a couple guys in the pros, pretty high picks, and, and they usually come out and play. I have, I just don't think they can move the ball on offense, so that's kind of why I think. But I think the safest play is the the same one that you took. But I'm, this is going to be a no play for me. Yeah, hey, I agree, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. It's actually a bowl game I'm looking forward to watching. Um, next game kicks off right at 1230, though. That's the Outback Bowl between Ole Miss and number 11, Indiana. This game's going to be on ABC. Indiana finds himself an 8.5-point favorite over under at 6.5. Anything from you on this one, Ben? Um, so this is going to be a no play. It, it's really because I don't know what Ole Miss is going to look like on offense without Elijah Moore. And without their tight end, um, Yaboye, I think his name is. Yep. Those were two of their better targets all season long. Um, listen, Ole Miss is a quarterback. Well, they really play two quarterbacks, but their quarterback is gunslinger. Not afraid to make mistakes. I think he threw four or five. I think he threw five interceptions in the last <laughs> game they played, and and Kiffin keeps him in. So, um, uh, Indiana has been able to force turnovers all season long. If I could take this bet for college football, I can't, but I, I would absolutely take um, Ole Miss to throw interception in this game because that's what Indiana does best. Probably minus three hundred. I just don't. I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be big. Um, you can't take those bets in college anyway. But I, I don't know what Kiffin is going to do. I'm kind of excited to see what kind of the future kind of looks like for his offense. It's going to be come back because his two leading targets are not going to be playing in this game. So, um, listen, I, I like Kiffin, love Kiffin. Um, like the way he calls plays, like the way he's aggressive. Wouldn't be shocked if he throws in a couple trick plays here. Um, curious to know what you have. Indiana is definitely a play here, but I don't know if then a half um, or eight and a half, whatever he said the number was, nine and a half on Vendel. Um, I'm not going to take that. It's going to be a no play for me, but Indiana should win this game. They are a much better team. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on this one, Ben. I mean, here's some numbers for y'all. Ole Miss 125 in total score, 130. 130 against the pass. It's probably the worst I've seen yet. 107 against the run, 119 in number of plays, 125 in YPP. It's Ole Miss defense absolutely sucks, and that's a nice way of putting it. Indiana's 39th in passing the ball. I know they have a backup quarterback, but I mean, I think they'll be able to move the ball up and down the field on this horrible Ole Miss defense. Indiana, like you said, they come to play, man, they force turnovers. I mean, I'm probably not going to take eight and a half. I don't like laying eight and a half in college football. It's just your number. But I feel like Indiana just comes out here and absolutely smacks the crap out of them. Ole Miss has too many op-outs on offense, and they're too reckless with the football. I think Indiana will roll them like 42 to like 30 in this game. Like, I just, 
I feel the only thing the points up. The only thing is in the two games that uh, it has played with their backup, they scored points against Maryland and only 15 points against Wisconsin. So not scoring a lot of points, and I wouldn't say those two defenses are anything special. Um, they're definitely better than Ole Miss defense, but you know it's it's a big number, 66 and a half. I think it says on FanDuel is the over under. It's a big number for two of their better offensive players and and an Indiana offense that hasn't shown much with the backup quarterback. So. Um, I take that as of now. It, I end up playing that, but I'm just gonna lay off and not uh, a guy that roots in I don't care. I don't care if he does well in bowl games. I, I don't care about IU. Yeah, for I well, one probably have any stuff. Against I in 2040, Iowa State minus four in this game. You playing anything? So I'm actually gonna lay the points with the Ducks as an under here. Um, I, I think Iowa State should be favored in this game. I think. Oregon's defense, what they showed me against USC, and I know USC's offense isn't, you know, anything great, but with Cade Thibodeau, um, I'm actually in love with this man. Um, he's able to build is better than anyone in the country. Um, like I said, I've already said this. I mean, he'll probably be a top three pick when it's eligible to go to the draft. I believe he'll be in 2021. He's literally like Clowney was in college. Um, I think Oregon defensive pressure on Brock Purdy can really affect them in this game. We saw Brock Purdy kind of struggle with pressure earlier in the season. The offensive line kind of stepped up for him, but I think Oregon can really get to him in this game. I really do not like the Oregon offense. Um, I haven't loved what I've seen from their quarterback all season long, but I'm going to trust their defense enough to keep this a close enough game. And I have it three and a half, so give me Oregon plus three and a half. But I know that you're a big guy. You've been an Iowa State guy all season long. Well, not entirely. You know, I rode with Brock Purdy and Matt Campbell through, throughout. Throughout, I'm gonna go with Oregon for the same reason. Oregon here to cut point. Get out of his game. Pick off the 12. Game would be out of them. Yeah, I would take the fair with Oregon. Oregon off is ten. It's a better season. I'm just glad they're able to give him this extra game. The ball bit. I hate to say it. Texas A&M is the play here. Texas A&M snubbed from the call playoff in their pitch. Still have to bring this head. They're going to leave it with the cat. Yeah, doubt they bring it. Billions or teams are bad. And while they currently run some car, and I think they'll have to bring it. I'll age. I think they come out here and whoop their ass and move on from the sin nine and one, and they'll declare themselves like top three, five team in the nation. You know, some stu- something stupid like that. I know they will, but yeah, I like taking them to come out here and get it done. This might be Kellen Mond's last ride. So in games that North uh, has not been able to run the football, um, their offensive balance has really struggled. Not to mention you just or you just mentioned that they're out without their two wide receivers. I think you just said right. No, both the running backs and their top wide receiver. Oh, so the top wide receiver. Okay, so um, I, I'm going to take a and with the points with you. Um, for for all the reasons, I'm not going to go into it. I, I do think um, A&M will, will come to play to kind of prove something. But um, breaking news, it is it's a little unfortunate. But um, James Cook, who's the kind of the backup running back, but plays a lot, uh, Georgia, is going to miss the Peach, Peach Bowl Um his father just passed away. Um, so that's unfortunate news to hear for the Cook family. Dalvin Cook is also going to miss the game um, for the Vikings. So mm-hmm. um, sorry to hear that for the Cook family. Um, you know, that, that shouldn't sway for the people that were already leaning towards Georgia. It's not a huge loss because Zamir White will still be there. He's the main running back. And Georgia's got a lot of running backs they can play. But uh, that is a little bit unfortunate news for the Cook family. Yeah, hey, terrible news. Thoughts and prayers out to them. 
Obviously, Dalvin Cook, one of my favorite players. Always tough to see a relative uh, go like that. But, yeah, I feel like, they, feel like te- Texas A&M's got to be the play here. Also, they're number seven on defense against the run. So, that is, um, says more bad. Their defense, is, their defense has shown up ever mm-hmm. since the Alabama game. Uh, they have, I mean, not only has their team won every game, their defense has gotten better in a week. Um, I just, you know, listen, I, you and I talk about how much we love UNC's weapons, but they don't have these weapons. So um, interested to see what some of these young guys can do. I don't know if he's going to start, but a former neighbor of mine, um, Elijah Green, is a true freshman, I believe, at North Carolina. He might be getting the start. Okay. Went to Blessed Trinity High School here in, here in Atlanta. Um, his father, or is that his dad's name or? I think the kid's Elijah Green. No, yeah, the kid's Elijah Green. The NFL people, if there's any Jets fans listening, his father played for the Jets. His name was Victor Green. Uh, his dad was a pretty good player. Um, so I, I don't know if he's getting the start, but he should play a little bit. Um, so that's just kind of a local shout-out. Uh, he used to be one of my neighbors. Um, you know, didn't know him that well, but he's playing football at UNC. So, and he won a couple state championships at Blessed Trinity. So the kid can ball. Um, I hope he starts just for the local kind of pride. He gets his, you know, stay next to Sam Howell. So uh, we'll see what North Carolina can do with some of these young guys. They're going to have to step up, but I do think A&M wants to prove something and will. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you there on that one. I think A&M will end up rolling in this one when it's all said and done. Ben, it was a pleasure doing this entire college football season with you. Obviously, we still got the national championship game. We still got NFL um, playoffs, and we still got plenty of other um, podcasts to do as well. In the meantime, college basketball and NBA are just getting heated up as well, and we'll have NFL free agency and everything. But, Ben, I appreciate you coming on once again to finish up college football season. Yeah, and I want to show you one thing. Um, Just because we're talking about the college football playoff, I'm going to show you my shirt, and I'm going to have you read it. To all of our viewers, and uh, I'm gonna have you read what this one says here. So, uh, I can only imagine. What does that one say? What does that shirt say? Can you see it? It says "Rolling in Titles." That's right. Roll tide, roll, everyone. Hey, roll tide for me as well, guys. Everyone, gamble responsibly, and we'll talk to you all again soon.